Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I'm Sheila Shoiga and welcome to Ready To Be Real Conversations, the podcast series where I chat to people of all walks of life. Some names you'll recognise, others you might not, but my hope is that these conversations will at times inspire, challenge, educate, comfort or simply entertain you. Being healthy and well is at the forefront of our minds, especially during this COVID era. So I'm delighted to say that for this season, I've teamed up with an Irish company that I really believe in. Taking Revive Active is one of the ways you can support your immune system this winter. The award-winning super supplement contains 26 active ingredients, including vitamin C, D and zinc, all in one handy daily sachet. And this year, they've chosen to support Breast Cancer Ireland with a bid to raise €100,000 through the sale of a 1,000 limited edition Revive Active Immunity Support Gift Packs. Each pack contains two 30-day boxes and a shaker for the discounted price of €100, with 100% of the proceeds going directly to Breast Cancer Ireland. So if you want to load up on the good stuff before Christmas and support cancer research in the process, the packs will be available exclusively online and you'll find the link in the show notes. This week, I chat to TV presenter and podcaster, Moira O'Connell. Yeah. No, you're going to have to go to breast check. Yeah, okay. And she was like, I, I don't, she was like, I don't think, you know, I, I think it could be this, but you have to go to breast check. And mm. I was like, what? It's not cheese down my bra. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. I honestly did think she was going to go, no, 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 you're fine. And then as soon as she says, I have to go to breast check, in my head, I went, I've got cancer. Just that was my, my head went straight there. Mm. So for that month, that wait that you have between the doctor's appointment and breast check, you know, I started getting dressed up on a Saturday night for Strictly Come Dancing and, you know, drinking and putting on makeup and having a bit of crack where I could. Because I was like, if I'm going to get news in a month's time that my whole life has changed, like thousands of people in this country get all of the time. Like we're walking down the street and there's people with cancer who are dealing with their disease, but they're probably, you know, they're thinking about it. I was like, OK, I'm just going to try to enjoy this month and have a bit of crack. And anyone who cares, I don't, I don't care. I don't give a shit. Yeah. I'm just going to have the crack. 
A self-confessed insomniac and TV buff, Mudding grew up in Limerick with her parents and her three siblings. And in this conversation, we talk about life in the media in Ireland, the ups and the downs, life with her housemate, make of that as you will, the bond with her family and her recent health scare. She's great crack and as smart as a tack, and I hope you enjoy her chat as much as I did. So let's start with the pronunciation of your name. Oh, I've got a shoga in front of me. <laughs> this, I don't... this is what happens when a shoga says my name. I get, you know, when someone gives you a head massage <laughs> when you're getting your hair done and you get all those tingles. That's what happens when you say my name. Really? Because that was my first question. Is it in, do you find it an irritant or is it is it OK with you or where do you stand on it? Because, yeah, we were reared in Connemara. So the way we say your name is it's probably slightly different than how you say it yourself. We're uh. we're we're Kerry. Yeah. So it's it's Murrin. It's with the W. Yeah. OK. But the way you say it, that's how like my mother loses her life when you say my name. In a good she's way. She's so happy. Oh, she's so happy. She's so happy. Oh. I once made you record it and I made uh, Grania record it and I sent it to her and you didn't know once I'd recorded it <laughs> off the TV, you saying my name and I used to play it out in radio. <laughs> I'd be like, which org is it? I played it and people would have to guess. <laughs> Did that one day. They all got it right. But um, my mother, she, she collapses into a puddle. When this you say God, my name, so it makes her so happy. Oh, well, look, I'm delighted to hear that because the last thing I wanted is to actually, you know, upset you with the pronunciation. So that is a major, major relief. It um, never has. People have called me everything for my entire life. Like my my own mother who gave me this name. I don't have a second name because yeah. my father, Brendan, says, said, absolutely not. If you're giving her that stupid name, <laughs> she's not getting a second name. Like, it's impossible. There's no way you're giving her a second name. So that was it. And my mother spent the first how three decades of my life explaining people what my name is. She doesn't bother spelling my name correctly in her phone. She has it in as M-U-R-N. She's like, it's very long. Can't be bothered. No. <laughs> Can't be. Can't be bothered. On the family WhatsApp, she'll never, she'll just be like, M. Oh. M, you do, would you? And I'm just like, you're the one who gave me this bloody name. Say it right. She's like, that's a very long name. I can't be bothered. Do you know I'm brilliant. talking to you? Come here, when Braveheart came out, that must have been a real moment for you. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was like my time to shine because we had a priest called Father Crow in, in primary. He was a, one of our one of our priests in St. Paul's Parish in Limerick uh, in Dora Doyle. And he always, he could not say my name. And yeah. his name was, he sounded kind of like a crow. <laughs> and he called me Mernanan. Mernanan, Mernanan, will you do Mernanan? Will you do a reading? And um, when when Braveheart came out, 1994, wasn't it? Yeah. And it was my time to shine. I was yes. like, that was it. Flicking my hair around the place, going, "This is it. Everyone's going to know what my name is." Nope, didn't change a thing. <laughs> Did not change a thing. But the first time I ever saw you was virtually, which is kind of appropriate, seeing as the times we're in. Yeah. Back in the day, I was trying to do how long it was. I was thinking it was about 10 years. It was actually longer than that. It was 12 years ago now, back in 2008. Yes. Is that 2008? 2008. So basically myself and my sis had a show on RT. It was a daytime show, unsurprisingly called Show Again. Mm -hmm. And you were one of our, I suppose, would you call yourself kind of a a reporter at the time? It was was a roundup of what's happening around the country. Yeah. And I remember well before I ever saw you and we were in one of the kind of briefing meetings and I remember Gros saying, oh yeah, you're going to love her. Mudden in Limerick, she's class. She's a total star. 
you watch her. She's one to watch. She always said that about you. <laughs> that is a fact. And that is totally true. Uh, and I remember you came up and it was just, you, you just, you just had it. And it was so obvious to see that you had star quality from the get-go. I remember making you laugh about a joke I made about Brezzy and the blizzards the first time I was on <laughs> with the two of you. And that was it. I was like, I made Sheila laugh. Great. That was all. I was like, I'm going to make one of them laugh. And you went first. And then Gran, you joined in. I was like, Gran. That was, that was, that was like, just make him laugh. Do something. So I was in the studio in Limerick. Yeah. And you were in the studio in Dublin and on the set. And uh, yeah, it was really weird because it was, I was talking to the show sisters. And it was such a big deal. Was and it? it was, no, it was. It really was. And the fact that you kind of knew my name when you said my name, I was like, this is lovely. And you were all, you were so lovely. But I was working in Limerick um, and Spin Southwest. It was such a small, small little thing that I used to love going into the studio. And I remember messing up very early on because the backdrop used to be this gorgeous peach color that yeah. they'd put a, they'd superimpose a picture of Limerick on it. And then it changed to, um, they changed it to green and they didn't tell me. And I came in wearing a green top going, I've got a lovely <laughs> green top on. It's coming up to Patrick's Day. And they were like, oh, no, we've changed <laughs> the backdrop there. Do you have anything else? I was like, no, I'm going directly out after this. Like I was going straight to the pub. So there was the reception. It was trying to give me her oh. card again. <laughs> and Dublin were going, no, she's in her 20s. She's not 85. What, what's happening here? So I just became a floating head. That was it. But it had a deep V. So it just looked boobs and head. That's all you could see on the telly. And I was never every once in a while I'd move and a bit of top would show. And it would be like, there's a boob. There's oh, there's an arm. There's what's going on there. And then these bat wing tops. And I was like, what is happening? Was there any reference to it? Uh, it was just like, let's not. We I don't think there was a reference to it. It was they like, won't let's, at home. Just, let's <laughs> just pretend she's become, she's nearly headless Nick or something from, from Harry Potter. She's just there, a floating head. She's oh. always been like that. Did everyone not realize that? <laughs> That's what happens in Limerick. Do you know? They've got knives and people who are discombobulated. It's <laughs> so look, at when I was reading up about you, I read that you went to college in Galway. College in Galway, yep. And then you did the whole year in Australia thing. <laughs> yes, I did. Then you came back and you decided, I'm going to give this media radio thing it, a whirl. It, it, I came back, moved back into my parents' attic and um, and every day I'd come downstairs, there would be forms to uh, for sub-teaching <laughs> placed. You'd, they make would a, be, you'd make a great teacher. They'd be on my hall outside the, outside the landing. They'd be at the breakfast at the breakfast table. They'd be beside the kettle where I'd always go. And I'd be like, how do these forms keep on appearing as if from nowhere? My father was just placing them around the place. He had a new printer. He was going hell for leather. <laughs> and um, my friend texted me and she said, I'm after hearing an ad on the radio and they're looking for people, for drivers, for the local radio station, Live 95 in Limerick. And uh, I said, Grant, I'm just going to, I'm going to head in there and see if I, I just needed a bit of money. I had no cash. It was six weeks I hadn't been working. And um, and I went in and <laughs> I dressed so over the top. <laughs> I remember wearing like an office dress. I was like 24. It was ridiculous. And um, I got this job and I was driving around Jeeps, uh, Zuzu Troopers, myself and Jackie Hurley, Jackie and RTE. Oh, class. So we worked together and then Spin Set West opened up. And that's where I was like, OK, so I might be able to do something in here. And I moved over there and that's where the radio thing started. Yeah. But I never had an idea that I would start in media um, because... It always felt, certainly being from Limerick, and I don't know how you felt being from Galway, but, you know, you had TG Carr or whatever. And I know we had a regional um, RT station in Limerick. You know, there was a place for people to do their reports and Lyric had opened up at that stage. But it did feel very, 
like it was sort of nepotistic and that mm. if you weren't from Dublin and if you didn't know someone in media, you were never getting into media. Yeah, yeah. And I found it incredibly intimidating until Spin opened up and then it was like, oh, this is great. But then it took me so long to make the jump to move to Dublin. To move to Dublin, like I'd lived, you know, I'd lived on the other side of the world. It was grand with that, but it just felt, no, no, you're not from Dublin, so you can't, you, you, we don't know you. You're not welcome here. So mm. um, it, it felt like a big deal to move 200 kilometres up the road to Dublin and to be like, oh, maybe something could come of this. Because for years it was like, no, no, stay in your box. Totally get it. I mean, I think had it not been for TG Cahat, I think there's a major possibility I would never have gone into TV. Because, because there's that feeling, isn't because, it? Because, yeah, how would I have got the chance? Yeah. I got the chance because I was a native Irish speaker and I was really lucky and, uh, you know, I, ha- I was ticking a lot of boxes. But, Jesus, if I was kind of banging on the door of RTE, I don't know. Uh, it, because it's intimidating and you yeah, don't know is, how. Yeah. I don't know if I should admit to this now. When you use record passion fashion around the streets of Galway, we use follow you sometimes. What? <laughs> <laughs> so we lived, we lived on Main Guard Street, just off Shop Street over Pound City which stayed into Eurosaver. Yeah. Uh, we lived above that in a room that was uh, 51.25 a week. And um, <laughs> and we'd get the call. We loved Passion Fashion. Yeah. Like in college. <laughs> we loved it. It had a bit of a cult following, didn't it? Oh my God. Yeah, we yeah, were obsessed yeah, yeah, yeah. with it. And people would come over and we'd all sit down and we'd drink before we went out and we'd drink five euro wine from Tesco <laughs> and uh, maybe treat ourselves to a McDonald's. And we'd be like, Passion Fashion's on. We're going out tonight. And then we'd be like, is that the episode we saw? Is that the one? Because we'd be like, Who's your man now? And what clothes is he going to pick? So for those listening who've never heard of it, basically it was like, it was a dating... How have you never heard of it? And why is it not back? Fashion, fashion. Because they're copying it in places now. In I think, is it Channel 4 or ITV are doing a version of it now? Okay. Take a girl, take three blokes or vice versa. Uh, well, no, not vice versa. It was always, it was always, it was always. Yeah, it was always. Except one episode. They did a gay episode that was yes. groundbreaking at the time. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so it was uh, one girl, three guys. The guys had to, to buy an outfit for the girl in a boutique or wherever it was. Yeah. And she would pick the winning outfit and then go on the date with the fella. So funny And the stuff they picked out Was oh Jesus because And we, we would We would we try and go No 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 this, Don't do that Just real over here Because it was We knew a few people Who went on it Like some of the lads Who were in college Were from Jarlets And they were all They, they oh, all yeah, yeah. They were Gwail Gores Yeah And uh, they were like I think I'm going on Passion Fashion And we would be <laughs> Like where It's like they just came out To the college And they spotted us Having a bloody chat in Irish And now I think We're going on Passion Fashion And they'd be like What are we going to wear And they'd all wear Like jeans and shoes Because they were going to be On the TV <laughs> with Sheila And it was like Every guy who was on that wanted to ask you out on a date and not the poor girl that is going on a date like one of the lads genuinely I'm not going to say his name one of the lads genuinely thought he was like I'm in here lads I'm in here I bet you now I'll charm her by the end of it I'm spending all day with her and not with the girl this is going to be great and thought he was fully going to get your number by the end he didn't just to let you know Uh but it was and we'd see and we'd be like they're going into that boutique now what in God's name is he going to pick out inside in that place like places with big jewellery and Oh, stuff. Loved that show. It but was that so was... much crack. We had such a laugh. That, you know what? I laughed more on that show than I've I laughed on, on, on most gigs I've worked on. But it came across because I just Did know as a, bunch, as a bunch of college students, you know, we watched Jackass all day on MTV and then it was like fashion, fashion time. And then, you know, <laughs> Sex and City or whatever. And then we go out in the Raz. And we all, we were avid fans and we'd be like oh god it's a repeat we've seen this we'll watch it again we'll be grand <laughs> and it was appointment television for us in college but even then you kind of think because when I was in college 
I'd always had an interest in me. Like I always went to sleep to the sounds of Maloney after midnight when I was a child. I shared a room with my sister who's 11 years older than me. Flashbacks. And she had Maloney after midnight always on. And the mm. stuff you'd hear on that show to a five-year-old's ears, you're like, what is this? But I loved it and it instilled this love of radio and always having the radio on. And I think um, Irish households in the kitchen, the radio was always on and there might be another radio on in another room with a different station. So that was always the case in our house. So I just, I loved it. But I remember walking in when you're in college, I walked into Radio Sock, you know, when you're in orientation week and you're trying out things. Now, I'm not a joiner. I'm just, I don't join things. I'm not good at it. Um, and Why? Uh, I just, it's like, you know, when you get tagged in challenges these days. Yeah. And you're like, I, I'm not, I'm just not, I'm like, I'm more than happy to put it up, but I'm not going to get involved in this for the sake of it. Or... It's, it's... I hear you. I've, I've, I've never liked that whole organised, we're organised having fun now. Okay, and this yeah, is yeah. what we're doing and we're all the same. It's fine when it's on sports teams. That's always something I enjoyed. But for these things, in college especially, I kind of realised, oh, you kind of have to be in this gang. And if you're not in this gang, you're not cool enough. And that, it was an aversion to me that I was like, I don't want to. I remember walking into Radio Sock and myself and my friend Laura Curtis walked in. And it was like we were looked at, like we both loved radio. We lived above each other at one stage in college and she'd bang on the floor if I was, because I never woke up in the morning, she'd bang on the floor when she was like, when there was something really good on, on Ray Darcy. She'd be like, wake, wake, you have to hear this, you have to hear this. And this was how we communicated. But we walked into mm. Radio Sock and it just felt, you're not welcome here. You know, we've already got our crew and more people joining is more competition. Mm. And it didn't feel welcoming. And, right, okay. and, and maybe that's just something I brought myself because um, it is intimidating joining things, especially when you've just started college and you want to meet new people, but you also want to stay in your safe bubble. There was a lot of people from Limerick who had gone to Galway, like there was there was loads of us. So it meant some of us didn't branch out as much as we possibly should. And uh, and we were fine the way we were, mm. but it did feel sort of intimidating. And I've kind of kept that with media the whole way along, that it's that it's intimidating and it's hard to get places. When you've been in the industry for a few years, you realise, oh, it's not actually. They're just people. Yeah, it's fine. So it's probably something that was playing in my own head. Like you are one of the big TV names now in the country. Mm, I wouldn't say that now. But you are. I wouldn't say that. My mother would say that. She wouldn't say my name properly. But she'd say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a fact. So it's, you, 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 it's okay. You don't have to say it. I can say it because because you are because you are. You're on TV every day and you're brilliant at what you do and you're where you should be. And I can only see your star rising more and more. Uh, and it's lovely that you struggle to accept that compliment. But do you still feel that the media is has that gone now? That intimidation because you've uh, is there a sense that you've arrived? I don't think so because I Not still yet. don't know the players in the game. Right. Like I know who I know. Sure, I don't have a notion. But see, that's the thing. People are and like, I started and you at know 19. So one of my mates who's in media and uh, she's from Dublin. Yeah. And we're going out with her like a, a night on the town. Yeah. You're like, are we going to get to have this drink at all? Because it would just be people coming up because it would like be being at home in Galway when you're sitting down. And you're like, how are you? How's it going? How's it going? It's a small town in Dublin, but it's where everything is centred. But it's also, I guess, there's this idea sometimes that you have to play a game. You don't have to play a game, I don't think. Yeah. You've got your mates. That's the way it is. And and you can't always read how something happens. And I think media now is a very different world with the rise of, of new media. Yes. And it's, it's sort of, I feel this year has actually been very good. People seem like 
happy. But there's there's also been a very lovely thing recently and that feels like people aren't in competition. I have always felt, whether it was TV3 or Virgin Media, the it's always been played up and I'm asked, I was asked it all the time, especially when I first started on the six o'clock show. Um, and it was sort of, you know, do you feel like you're in competition with them? They'd start naming people out. Absolutely, I don't. Not a hope in hell. Every... What, and it's always with the women. I was just about to say, would a bloke be asked that question? I don't think it is because, yeah. you know, Martin is secure in who he mm. is and what he does mm. uh, because he's Martin King. But with us, it's like, oh, you know, you could could be gone and someone else could come in and it's all about age and, and all that kind of stuff. When I'm out there, I don't feel that at all. Now, we haven't Brilliant. seen each other as much, but if I go down, um, there's two kind of studios down there. If I go down to the Ireland AM studio and I bump into Karen Coster or Laura Woods or Hannah Daly or Glenda, it's absolutely lovely. Like I saw Laura Woods for the first time in a year. Like we'd be texting and everything, but I haven't seen her in so long because of Corona. And it was just so nice to see her. But they are, they're so her. sound. Genuinely, yeah, a so lovely sound. bunch of people. And, and it's always felt like there's outside that there's this competition and people yeah. don't get on. That's just not the way it no, is. No, no. There's this notion that the thing that we've all heard, you know, you've been in radio, I've been in radio and it's um, people don't like women on the radio. Women don't like women on the radio. This was traced back and I'll never forget. It was a Clefis Patter. Someone was telling me this. This um, student was doing something for their thesis. Right. And they went all the way back to find out where did this research come from? We've been told it for years and it was brought back to a lecture in the 50s or 60s. Just this lecturer just decided to say this and it was taken as God's, as gospel truth. And it's been sent down through the annals of Irish radio yeah. for decades. Whereas if you look at, and I remember a boss of me going, and it was a fella, he was just like, I'm so sick of this, this Irish thing of women don't like women on the radio. This is just bullshit. Yeah. To be frank, because he's like, if you look at the UK, which is one of the most vibrant markets, and if you look at Australia, which has one of the most vibrant radio markets in the world per capita, their listening is huge, like Ireland. Uh, he's just like, it's just not true. And he's like, I'm sick of this being perpetuated in Ireland. And it's what we were always told. Yeah. Like always told. And you're told by certain bosses, yeah, they don't. And it was really nice earlier on in my career that there was this one person who said, it's not true. It's just not true. We just need a few years where we're going to stumble along the way, but we're going to get to the space where it's not going to be like a woman has a job. Yeah, yeah, and He's yeah. like, we just need to break through. We just need to break that down. He was like, and people are going to stumble. People will have jobs. They'll lose jobs. It'll take time for people to get used to things, but it's just not true. So you just wonder where these absolutes come in yeah, life. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think it's the same in any industry. You know, we, we're living in a world where in America they think that a woman is too emotional for positions of power. And in Europe, that's been gone for decades. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, whatever. It's grand. You know, Catherine the Great, we can talk, we can go back yeah, yeah, through yeah. history about what's actually happened and new things that are being found out about hunter-gatherer societies and the fact that women were hunters. You know, sorry, very fascinating um, stuff coming out of South America about that. Oh, wow. But it's Close. just, it's just weird because we take a time. Yeah. And in Ireland, it was very much, you know, uh, post-independence de Valera, McQuaid world of like, OK, get them back, get them back in the house and let's just make sure that they stay there. Mm. So it's you've got to look at the people who are creating the culture. It's not always the norm because we come from a, cult uh, a country where there was Brehan law at one stage, where there was more egalitarianism yeah. in this country than there was in so many other more advanced societies, I use that in inverted commas, at the time. Mm. I know I'm kind of 
waffling with this. But you're it's not, just, you're not, it's brilliant. But it's just sort of, I, I think we, we put these things in our head about how things are and I really do mean it in any industry. That's right. Like any industry about teaching, about caring jobs. Like you see, I know, I know young men now who are going into primary school teaching because they're like, it's always what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, oh, it wasn't a job for a man. And it's like, they're like, that's something that's gone now. Yeah. Because yeah. it wasn't the rule. It was like, if you got, you know, there'd be, what, two male teachers when I was in primary school. Yeah. And people have so much to give in all these different areas. And then it's always put to us as though because there's finite number of jobs in our industry. And yeah. it's like, well, you're obviously all competing with each other because the lads know what they're doing and they've got sport and you can't do that. And sure then, Ivan and Sinead San and, and Jackie, they're all blowing that open going, yeah, nah. Yeah, of course they are. Nah. That's not because they're bringing other people, a new audience in to make it welcoming for everyone. And I just think people, um, if anyone is thinking about, you know, kind of going into media, it's it's not as scary a place as we kind of build up in our head. Yeah. And a lot of stuff I thought thought was true isn't true at all. But there is it, there is a combination of things and things have to align. There is a sprinkling of luck along with the talent 100%. and the hard luck. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's always, there's always a bit in a luck. Jesus, Mary and Joseph, <laughs> if it wasn't luck, my God, it's, it's all like what, luck. Like what I was saying, like had I not been a native Irish speaker, would I be sitting here having this chat with you yeah. today? I would my life had led the way I don't know if it would. I don't know if it would because I'm not sure I... But maybe, but maybe again, does that go back to that thinking? Perhaps it does. I don't know. Maybe it does. But also we have to realise in all areas of life, situational. Yeah, of Everything course. is situational. Yeah. Like luck is situation. Yes, it is. And being in the right place at the right time. Yeah. And and that goes for everything and everyone. And, you know, I think everyone will have knockbacks and they'll have bad things. And uh, I just... I don't I don't think we should be living in a world in an X Factor world where it's like you can do absolutely anything. No, you can do anything that you've got the skill set for or the temperament for or the will or the drive for. But, you know, I can never I need to realize I can never be Whitney Houston like that. It's not going to happen. So, you know, kind of realize what you're what you're good at. And I do I do think that there is this scary glamorizing of of what it is people want to do or they think that they want to do now because um you know new new studies out for from people in secondary school like youtube star is now you know the job that people want to be right okay and yeah and i get that it's glamorous and you look at it and it's amazing i wanted to be buffy the vampire slayer (laughs) i'm still open fingers crossed no actual vampire has popped out at me yet but I've got a few neighbours that oh. I'm on the cost. I'm like, <laughs> better have some wooden stakes just in case. But it's uh, it's it's all it's 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 all stuff like that. But I think um, realizing realizing what you're what you're good at and working on it is is yeah. important, and not being intimidated by by certain things and thinking that you know I'm not a member of that club, I can't join it. That's not how it should be. Did you or have you done or do you still dumb down your intelligence? Depending on what you're doing, because you are, without a doubt, <laughs> one of the brightest people I've ever met. And you know a lot of stuff about a lot of things. I know very little. No, you, lo- I you know, know loads. I don't. You know I lots don't. about I know. lots. I know surface stuff. I know surface stuff uh, because I have insomnia. So it just gives me lots of time to read and watch lots of things. Um, I wouldn't say that at all. I don't think I think there's there's things that I would still like to do. But it's kind of like, oh, I, I can't, I can't do that. 
because I, I, I do feel too stupid for certain things or that you have to be a certain way or your brain has to work in a certain way um, because it's like, oh, God, no, I couldn't. Oh, God, no, I couldn't do that. Oh, God, no. You know, put in, stay, stay in your stay in your box um, and that sort of stuff. I wouldn't I, I, I don't see it that way at all. I don't think like I'm not going to be, you know, talking about hunter gatherers in the six o'clock show. But that's just because. You know, we're a light. Yeah, fair enough. Entertainment fair enough. Show. And I also think it's important to be very self-aware. Sure. Like I know exactly what that show is, yeah, and I love it mm. for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a fr- it's a bit of a crack show. It's it's company. It's company. That's what I love about that show. And it's also yeah, Michelle Visage. We're going to put you on with Bosco, and you're yeah. going to sit there beside <laughs> a puppet, and you're going to treat the puppet as though it's absolutely fine. Like I love when people come on with Dustin, and they're like. What's happened? There was an English comedian come on once. He was like, what is happening on this show? So there are a good few similarities between us. And one of the similarities is that we have both felt the cold, harsh pain <laughs> of rejection. I know where this is going. But I mean, <laughs> I, I think I have a PhD in rejection at this stage. I suppose what I'm trying to get at is in, in any line of work, but particularly in the kind of stuff that we, uh, the type of work that we do in, in the work in media, you can be riding high and things can be flying along brilliant and the rug can be pulled out from underneath you or, you know, you're moving from gig to gig and it's the nature of the beast. It's how it works. Absolutely. So I'm very used to it now because I've had 22 years of it mm-hmm. and uh, I've had plenty of ups and I've had plenty of downs. Yeah. Um, it doesn't get easy. It still feels a bit, you know, it's it, you're not a robot, so you still feel it when it happens. But for you, obviously, um, you were doing great stuff with Today FM. You were absolutely brilliant. You had an army of fans who loved you on the radio every day. And then you were brought in to have a conversation to say, we've decided to go a different direction. I've lost jobs before the Today FM job. And uh, it's always hard. Uh, But this was very public and very out of the blue. And there are various things in the background that I, I won't or can't go into. Um there was a little bit of vindication I felt because, you know, figures came out just shortly after that and it was like, hey, great, show's going great and God bless a few people I know in the industry who did a big deep dive for me to go, these are, this is what's, this is what it looks like, this is what's going on and I was like, great. So it just helped my head a little bit but at the same time I couldn't get out of bed for six months because it was just horrible and, you know, I'm, I'm not married, I don't have children so I, it's not that distraction, but everything about me is my parents. You know, mm. it really is. They're, they're my world. I absolutely adore them. And you know parents put so much work into you and they're so proud of you and they're so happy for you. And it just, I just kept thinking about them being mortified and being embarrassed and having to talk to their friends and say what had gone on. That's what I kept thinking about okay. was my parents going, sure, they've got to put up with this now and people, you know, people at 45 in the GA club at the weekend asking what happened there you know because if I was getting it they were certainly getting it uh, as much as I was and what really happened and what's going on and and all that kind of stuff and my mother would be um, uh, like myself a glass glass half empty sort of a person you know you look at it that way you're you're for everyone else you're glass half full but for for yourself you're sure glass half empty and sure, she was devastated. Like, the poor woman was devastated. Bren was devastated as well. But he was like, all right, OK, come on, you're grand. It's fine. Move on. What's next? 
and uh, he he printed off the the sub teaching papers again, ready to go. And uh, it was it was I just kept thinking of my parents. I just mm. couldn't stop thinking of my parents because it was done. It was it was nationally, and we're in a space now where radio probably certainly the radio I was doing wasn't as important as as it had been ten years ago. Now I do think that it is really this year has brought it back to life. Like I found such great companionship in radio this year uh, mm. during coronavirus. It is just people like us. It is just someone to have a laugh with, a chat with, because um, I consume all different sorts of radio. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was national heartbreak. But I just remember when it all kind of went down. I was going to work tonight that night in uh, Virgin, and it was like right, okay, I'm just gonna. I'm just got. I had. Did I have the night off? I had. The, I think it was. It happened on a. Did it happen on a Friday? And uh, I think there was something on a match or something like that. So we weren't working that night. So I went and got extremely drunk. Mm. So I was like, "Hi, guys!" And people all arrived in, and we had a great night. And then on the Monday, I just went in to work, didn't say anything, and just got through it. I was like, "Okay, let's go." And I'm not going to think about this. Because I remember, I had another job. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, that's yeah. the thing. I had it like, you know, greedy, greedy, greedy. But um, and then kind of the news came out on the Tuesday when I was told it was happening on the Wednesday. And, um, and I was like, oh, God, this is horrible. So I remember going into work and everyone being fantastic, like really, really great. There was people standing at the back of the studio and uh, I'd sent like a tweet or something like that. And they were like, well done, fair play to you. Because I was a bit worried about how they'd react inside there being like, oh God, she's tainted. Do we want someone like her? You know, she's gotten a sack nationally. So I just went, oh God, am I going to lose this job as well? Like, is that what's going to happen? Is there going to be, an, you know, your brain goes to weird places. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I just, they were brilliant. They were amazing. They were like a warm hug. They were like, everything's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, thanks for coming into work yesterday when you knew all this was going down and do you want to take the night off? I was like, absolutely not. Let's keep on going. Mm. And then inside you're just kind of going, oh, you know, what are people thinking about? What are people looking at you? Kind of going, God, she's a massive failure, isn't she? God, she tried it and she couldn't do it. They tried to put a woman on daytime and they just, she failed. But there was, there were so many other things going on in the background. And I have to say, it was a company I worked for, for years, like for 12 years. And I loved them. And there's people inside today I found that I absolutely just adore. And I want nothing but the best for that station because it's a sure. station I grew up with. And Mirage. Um, there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. 
Only at Sleep Number stores or SleepNumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ronan, who's taken over for me. She's brilliant. Yeah. She's absolutely brilliant. I'm delighted. She is flying it. And my producer, Pam, is still on that show. I love her. And I want them to do well. But it was hard of course. for a few months. It was really hard. And I think you know what it's like because it's national. Oh, God, yeah. Look, when we were, when Shoiga finished up, it was front page news. And it was, I remember one of the tabloids was Shoiga bloodbath. <laughs> it was Shoiga bloodbath. And it was like, it was like their Halloween special with like an axe. And it was like blood pouring down. It was front page news. But you're I've had that many times. And then, of course, news talk. I got the, uh, yeah. Right show, wrong station. And like you were saying, I we were up 10,000 listeners. So the show was performing really well. And uh, you're great. But, you know, thanks for all the fish. Good luck. So look, when I say I get it, I do. And I'm not getting you to talk about this because I'm reveling in your discomfort. I'm not. But I do think people listening are in a lot of people have had a shit show of a year. Completely. A lot of, yeah, a lot of people have been let go or the arse has fallen out of what they've done because of the pandemic. So... I think people will really resonate with stories of overcoming. And that's what it is. Like, you know, you went through a really dark period, but you're in a good place now, I take it. Completely in a good place. And it's, yeah. it's more... Um, I work in an industry, we work in an industry where things like this are going to happen. That's grand. I think it was just the way it happened. Sure. That sort of kill me. Um, that there was a... Um, well, that's it. In other jobs, you lose your job and maybe your close family and friends know. Yeah. But this is the country hears about it. The country hears about it, but you're also like thinking... Am I not Like, I enough? remember when you lost your job. Yeah. And I remember, like, I was in the same building as you working in the same building at that stage. And... You know, we were not in a bad way because I think an awful lot of us, and I certainly was, how the hell has that happened? I was just going, I don't understand. I've I've heard the show. The show is perfect. It's doing what it's doing and it's going up. Why is this happening? But you know people inside there are asking, oh, sure, do you not feel a lot? Yeah. What I was told at the time um, was that there was a focus group done and that what came out of the focus group was that News Talk and it's a station that I like no more than you're talking about today, FM. I love News Talk too so and I have done no ill feeling towards them. But that uh, this... <laughs> it, was, it was... It's a male station and they do sport and current affairs. So the girlie from the west of Ireland doing the light-hearted stuff on a Saturday doesn't fit the bill. So despite you know, the figure's doing okay and bloody black, good luck. Nah, gonzo. And that was it. And then a few years later, <laughs> your exact show is on three times at the weekend. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just, again, it's situational. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Like, it is absolutely situational and yeah. what's going on and, and fitting a station and, you know, a business plan. And, you know, you're not fitting into the business plan. It's it's just weird. And, and I it's think hard for it not to impact your self-worth. And that's why I'm so passionate about talking about it when I give uh, well-being talks. I often zone in on the topic of self-worth because it's fundamental to our relationship with ourselves in terms of knocks that we get in life between 
relationship knocks, friendship knocks, career knocks. A lot of it, we question, am I worthy? Am I good enough? Am I enough? And I think it's yeah. a really important message that we 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 need to kind of but it tune is, in with the fact that we are. But it is going to happen right now for an awful lot of yeah, people who are listening where you're going, right, if you're not in healthcare, yeah, or if you're not in, you know, a, a, a set, like, you know, a, a semi-state job, mm-hmm. the civil service, like we're going back to the 80s of going, OK, they're OK, yeah. that's fine. But what about this new world that we live in, the gig economy? Yeah. And it's going to be terrifying for people for the next couple of years, like when we start feeling the recession. It's going to be really scary. And I do. I think everyone's worried about what the fallout is going to be and losing that job and what it does to you and whether when you're older, if you can get back on that ladder again, if and that's something that has to stop kind mm-hmm. of going, well, they're that age. I'll go for this person because they're cheaper and they're younger. Grant, it's like, no, what, what's going on here? What do you need? What is what's the actual the soul of the company? What what's the experience that you need? And what's the livelihood of it? Like people having a bit of crack, do you know, mm, yeah. rather than just going, well, I can get this person who's 25 for 25 grand and they'll work 18 hours a day. Like people are just going to burn out by the time 35. It's going to happen. But it, it it is very scary right now. And I know people are terrified about what's going on with jobs. And I'm in a very lucky position that I have one at the moment. Um, and you've been through it and, and we're very aware of it. But just because you're aware of other things doesn't diminish that kind of like, oh, well, you've, you know, it happened to you as well. Yeah, yeah. Do you know, it, it is. But I'm I'm very aware that I'm lucky. Like, we're, we're lucky. We're, you know, we've got health. You've got a great family. Um, I'm very lucky with my family. But it, our self-worth is so tied up in our jobs. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it it is. really is tied up in jobs. And I just hope, and we need the social structures in place to go, okay, everything's going to be fine. And whether that's the World Bank stepping in and going, right, Corona bonds is what's going to happen. How are we ever going to pay this back? Mm. Like, how are we ever going to pay this back? And you can't just have mass unemployment like back in Thatcher's Britain. Like, it's yeah, yeah. it's not going to fly. So yeah. hopefully none of that is going to happen. Yeah, Do you know, yeah. if you think about that too much, know, you go down the dark hole. I know, yeah. It's like, oh, my God, how does this all, what's what's going to happen? Yeah. So I like that we're putting that off at the moment. And Let's we're more going, can I put up the Christmas tree early? Yeah, I know, I know. We have. We did it this weekend. Did you? Mentlers. Yeah, I think that's I never thought I'd be that person. I was always like the 8th of December, 8th is, of almost, December. is almost too early. Like, that's it. That's the earliest it'll ever go up. No, yeah. put up this weekend. Now, our tree is about three inches tall. But did you feel happy? <laughs> it's tiny. It's tiny. I bought this tiny tree myself and himself start going out and we haven't invested in anything else. But it's like, it's, is it really? That's it's tiny. It's tiny. Are you going to get another one? <laughs> well, we're May, fine. Maybe. But where are we getting now? Where can we get it now? Oh yeah, no, you see, that's the thing. If you're on a real tree, you're screwed. Yeah, I know it's grand. Look at. But did it put a <laughs> smile on your face? <laughs> did. did it? It did. Did the, you put on some the, Christmas music? Oh yeah, we did. Yeah. Like, come oh, on. We did. Yeah, the, the little small man loved it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's great. Like oh, it's I'm great. going around going all the time. I just want to put up. Yeah. Decorations. I'm now driving a different way home from work because there's like these five houses in a row that have all their decorations up. Griswold. And every night I'm like, hello. And there's a big I smile on my face. Oh, class. You know, anywhere Come we here. can find it. Absolutely. Hashtag don't judge us because no you know, I think we have to. Whatever. Yeah. As you said, because it's, 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 it ain't easy. It ain't easy. It's not. No. It absolutely isn't. But we can find happiness. We can. We can be happy. We can choose it. What makes you happy? Happiest. Cheese is pretty good. It's pretty, pretty high up there. Yeah. Uh, what makes me happiest? I think this year there's definitely a very um, 
uh, a very big yearning for family and friends. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And the realization of, okay, I want to see them more. I don't want to be as busy. I don't want to be. And it's not being as busy. We we fill ourselves with the stuff that we think that we have to do. And I'm a procrastinator and I put things off and I'm really badly organized um, as like I was late for this today. You know what I mean? So like, how can you be late in a pandemic? How am I mad? What else do I have to do? What else do I, I was late for Strictly Come Dancing the other night. How was I late for Strictly Come Dancing? <laughs> I couldn't go anywhere. It's like, what's wrong with you? So friends, uh, really uh, friends and family, missing them like mad. A lot of my friends have had kids during lockdown. And yeah. haven't seen them. Yeah, yeah. So it's just on FaceTime and they're all becoming humans and, you know, getting personal. I had this moment. So I've never wanted children yeah. at all. Just never. And friends of mine in, in secondary school would be like, oh, God, shut up. Of course, you're going to want children. You're just being obtuse and you're trying to take a different. Never. I've never gotten the yeah. the thing. And one of my best friends had a kid and I was like, oh, my God, what's happening to me? What's happening to me? So really? I was, I was there with the housemate going. After a few bottles, a few glasses of wine, a few glasses, not bottles. Come here. Would we, would we, would we just, just see what happens. Just see, just see what happens. And he's like, oh God, shut up. And um, he was like, you're going through what I went through when I was your age. You're just having a reaction to your age. And I was like, that makes sense. Then the next day he was like, so you remember that? I do. We're not going to talk about it. It's fine. I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. Sober a few nights later. But would we? Would we? Would we? I just really want a cat. And um, <laughs> but I just realized that if, like this friend, these these particular friends having babies, it really did have an effect on me. Just yeah. kind of going, oh, my God, look at their closeness. Look at what they have and and what's going on. And it, it was talking to the housemate and him being like, this is a reaction with your age as well. And because they've had babies. And for a few weeks there, I was like, what is happening to my body? And he was like, I went through the exact same thing. Because when we kind of found each other, it was like, you don't want kids? I don't want kids. It's great. Um, and now I realize I don't. I don't want them. Like it would have been it, it would have been a big mistake. And I don't say that lightly. And I know there are so many people who are trying so hard for children. And and someone like me saying that can really affect, you know, people can get quite angry about it. And I don't mean to say it like that. I don't know no, if I can not. have kids. I don't know if I can. Yeah, but you're just speaking your own truth. That's all you can do. I know, but sometimes people can be like, you know, you're being flippant about it. I'm not being flippant. It's a huge You've decision. thought about it. I've thought about it for years. Yeah. Um, especially with the pressure of have a child. Like my super Catholic parents would happily, they'd be like, go on, have a kid. Because you're, like, with, you're with the, the housemate, um, air quotes, uh, yeah. for some time. Yes. Yes. I've met the housemate. You've, you so the housemate you, exists. You have met the housemate. <laughs> and he knows your fella. Yeah. Which is really, they've yeah. got this weird little connection. Um, yeah. Great chats at Girls Wedding. They did have great chats at Girls Wedding. I was yeah. like, look, look, look at this yeah. happening yeah. Yeah. here. Because yeah. we were beside each other. It was great fun. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it's not flippant. And I realise it's so hard. For, and I have no idea if I'd be able to have a child. But I, I just think I, I don't. I, I don't, you know, it's yeah, not, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, for yeah. me. Yeah. And I'm not saying that flippantly. I know there are people who can't have kids and how hard it is and this want and this yearning. Yeah. But I suppose it's not for everyone. No, it's not. And, and I mean, I remember, you know, well before um, you say the housemate, I say himself. Yeah. <laughs> we never really talk about that. <laughs> Uh, when I met himself. It's, it's like they're going to evaporate <laughs> one of the days. Yeah. We're not taking them for granted. They're good for us. Yeah. And it's like you, you and I <laughs> have been dumped so many times professionally <laughs> that we're like, are they going to stay around or are they going to find a better and younger model one of the days? They're both going to go, do you know what? We had a focus group. 
<laughs> and we've discovered focus group. We've discovered that it's not not for us. We want someone male. I just think that the audience would prefer. It. Oh, you're making that big a life change. Okay, great, great. That's fantastic. Oh. So uh, yeah, we're not. I can't even remember what I was going to say there, which is brilliant. You call him yourself, himself, himself. Oh yeah. Before I meet Damien, I have completely made peace with the fact that maybe. Well, I punched the microphone, sorry. <laughs> sorry. The maybe having kids is not in my life's plan. And I genuinely wholeheartedly made peace with it because I'd be always asked it as well. Do you want, you know, journalists will always ask that question. I think they're getting a bit more mindful of it now that maybe it's not the most appropriate thing to ask. Really, no one should. Have. And if you hadn't brought it up, I would never have asked you as much as I like asking direct questions and being open and honest I think it's a no-go area unless the person volunteers the information I'm fine with doing that with you because I because I know you but it's something that I have definitely um, I've been with the six o'clock show for three years now and it's something that I have actively pursued to go we're not doing this to women anymore oh, we're absolutely not doing this anymore yeah. why are we talking about this how are the kids at home now if it's in someone's brand or brief where they talk about their kids all the time and they want to do that Absolutely. But the questions that I was seeing inside there that were being asked towards women weren't being asked towards men. Mm. And it could be someone who was on um, because they were, you know, reverse engineering, you know, a cowgirl technique on a sex show, you know, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, Sorry, yeah. no, that sounds like something to do with kids. <laughs> You've thought about that. That's bad. But <laughs> it's probably not nah, the best just, way was, to have a child. But you never know. It. But I'm just <laughs> saying that it's. It, it 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 did. There was this. There was a definite thing, and I was like, "I'm not doing this. We're not doing yeah, this yeah, anymore. Yeah. Why are we asking this question? It's not. I don't know why we are." Yeah. And like you've certainly had it, where yeah. where you've gone through things, and people have been like, "And we're going to ask you this because there's a pre-brief," and you can go, "No, I'm not doing that. Mm. I'm I'm not here to talk about something like that unless it's something you want to offer." Yeah. 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 Big time. And it's uh, because it is something that's. Um, I found this out recently that the thing that's most googled about me. Um, is Myrna Connell brother. Right. Myrna Connell boyfriend. Yeah. How's uh, Myrna Connell age. Okay. And Myrna Connell kids. How do you find that out, by the way? Because I had to go on something and uh, I had to do, I had to go on something and the researcher I know and they gave me a call. They went, so I was just Googling you, these are your top four results. And I was like, you are kidding me. And they went, yeah, brother came up straight away. <laughs> What's the crack with the brother? Because <laughs> I've mentioned him on something. Or had he been? Well, on your brother's hot, isn't he? He'd been on the six. I've and I've he'd, seen him on your Instagram. He'd been on the six o'clock show because he was <laughs> at the start of lockdown. He's in Madrid. Yeah. And we were like, "Come here, will you come on." The Sorry, show? if that's not inappropriate that's to say, it. your brother is a handsome chap. He's a good-looking fella. Like, you know, I looked like the most Irish. You know, it's just big ears and uh, white as whatever. And you were right. What father, are you talking about? My father and my brother have this gorgeous skin. You know, they they walk out to the sun. They get a gorgeous tan. You know, he's six foot three. He's a bloody geophysicist. He was a model. Do you know that sort of thing? You're yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. go away. Yeah. Just stop. <laughs> now, in saying all that, his life's a mess as well, so it's fine. <laughs> Do you know? But he'd been on the television show and I was doing something a few days later and uh, and Daniel called me to say that my brother was the most Google thing. I was like, all these people thirsty for my brother. I had to ring him. He was like, amazing, I'm moving home. <laughs> I'll move home directly after coronavirus. Can you have me on again? Will I get the ride? I was like, I'm sure you will when you're allowed to get the ride again. It's fine. <laughs> Can so we talk a- about your Instagram? Go on. Because I love following you on Instagram because <laughs> you are, you're really active on it. You're really funny on it. You're, you're a massive TV buff. Oh um, God, now that, what makes me happy? TV. Yeah. TV and And both. your commentary, I live for your commentary when it comes to red carpet I events. I missed a red carpet event. I'm so annoyed. Which one? People's Choice Awards, I think it was. Okay. 
disgusted with myself when I was watching The Crown. And this is where, okay, but this is where your insomnia kind of comes into play because a lot of these shows can be on at crazy times. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter to you. No. I did a red carpet. I did sort of a red carpet for um, the election, for the American election. <laughs> I was like, Jake Tapper in a lovely blue tie. <laughs> What's Dana wearing today? Well, my God, look at those eyelashes. She's got new ones on today. I was like, sure, got to do something. So I'm going to be stuck here watching CNN for the I'm still days. watching CNN. I can't can't wean myself off. Yeah, I, ha- I well, did. I am, I am weaning myself off, obviously, but I can't. I still kind of have to just check in every once in a while. Oh yeah, just to see what's going on. Just, just how are you, lads? You're right. Minutes, yeah. Wolf, what, what have you come up yeah. with now? <laughs> Aler- an alert. <laughs> We've an alert for a tweet. Go on, go for it. But it's that heightened sense. It was, it was yeah. a come down, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it was a complete come down. It was, yeah. Stuff. Yeah, it but, was. Oh yeah, TV. Jesus, it's the best thing ever. But you did write something really powerful on your grid. Oh, yeah. Which really stopped me in my tracks in a good way. Now, first up, I suppose the sense of relief I had for you was massive. Um, but also I thought, wow, that's that's a really brilliant post to get people thinking, to get people uh, checking themselves. And it's very it, it, it kind of says, again, it's back to, I think, the essence of who you are. It's very real. It's no bullshit, but it's also really caring that you know that despite the relief that you felt and what I'm referring to is you found a lump in your breast, you went for a check. Thankfully, it's benign. But you were mindful that that's not always the case for everyone. And as somebody who's been through cancer myself, I really felt that really resonated with me. And I went, I I felt it. I really felt it. So so on behalf of anyone who read your post, if you hadn't, you should. Thanks. Because I think that was a really important post to have put up. I, I, I still can't stop. So it was last Monday. I can't, I still can't stop thinking there were, because I was, I asked how many people will you see today in the breast check clinic? And they were like, we'll get to 80. Mm-hmm. We'll have 80 today, definitely, because they're trying to catch up. Yeah. And then they're, they're cleaning so thoroughly in between exams. They're f- like, they're, they're working like the clappers. And I couldn't stop thinking about the women I was in, the, the people that were in waiting rooms in, in cancer clinics in the hospital that day that weren't going to get the news that I got, that were going to be told, this is the start of you and cancer, this mm-hmm. is what your life is going to become. You've had cancer and you know that it's your life then. Mm. Like, yeah, yeah, what else can you do for those those times when you have cancer? It's all about your treatment. That's it. You're right. Your Everything else just melts table. away. Yeah, 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 totally. You're, that's your focus. You have to. And, and, you know, you throw yourself into it because you have no choice. But you're regimented. Like yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. From the moment you get up to the moment you go to bed to when you have to have naps during the day. Mm. Your whole life is about your pills, about when your treatment is, when you're going into hospital mm. um, during Corona, it's it's like, well, you have to be there a certain amount of time beforehand. You have to do all these temperature checks. Mm. It's about what alternative treatments are you doing as well? Mm. Can I drive there? Will I need a lift to get to that place? Will I be too wrecked afterwards? It takes over your whole life. And I was sitting there told I'm so I'm so lucky. I've got cysts. That's it. It's like, yeah. you know, you get to a certain age, certain things sort of happen. And sure. I've, I've developed cysts and uh, and now I just have to to handle it so mm. that if I feel a lump, I'm going to have to get better at knowing what they are, but also not to ignore in case one of them is something else. You know, it's this That's really right, fine yeah. line of going, well, if it's a harder than it normally is, you have to realize that you should go to your doctor again. And and honestly, the procrastination that I have in my life is is unbelievable. It's everything's on the long finger. But this was the one time I felt the lump at three o'clock in the morning when I was watching TV. 
I rang the, the doctor the next morning at quarter past nine as soon as the surgery opened and I was straight in. Mm. And they were like, oh, is it that? And I was like, I need to come in. And they were brilliant. Yeah. And I just assumed that she'd be like, you're, you've been on WebMD. You're an idiot. Stop it. She was like, yeah. No, you're going to have to go to breast check. Yeah, okay. And she was like, I, d- I don't, she's like, I don't think, you know, I, I, I think it could be this, but you have to go to breast check. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? It's not cheese down my bra. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. I honestly did think she was going to go, no, 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 you're fine. And then as soon as she says, I have to go to breast check, in my head, I went, I've got cancer. Just that was my, my head went straight there. Mm-hmm. So for that month, that wait that you have between the doctor's appointment and breast check, you know, I started getting dressed up on a Saturday night for Strictly Come Dancing and, you know, drinking and putting on makeup and having a bit of crack where I could. Because I was like, if I'm going to get news in a month's time that my whole life has changed, like thousands of people in this country get all of the time. Like we're walking down the street and there's people with cancer who are dealing with their disease, but they're probably, you know, they're thinking about it. I was like, OK, I'm just going to try to enjoy this month and have a bit of crack. And anyone who cares, I don't I don't care. I don't give a shit. Yeah. I'm just going to have the crack. And then how lucky am I? Like How lucky am I to go in there and for them to be like, no, you've, you've got fibrosis. We'll, we'll send you a letter with all of the information and and you're fine. But there was 80 people that day. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to get that news. And yeah. uh, people were getting on to me and a good few people. And this is di- and this is different things, because if you've got someone in your life, I don't care if it's your if it's your housemate, if you, if you don't have a partner, you need someone to be checking everything, your back, your moles. If you don't know how to check your breast properly, just go onto YouTube. If you don't know how to check your prostate, if you don't know how to check your balls, learn it all yeah. because, you know, catching it early is the most important thing. Big time. And there was like the amount of people onto me going, oh, I've been worried about something for a while and I haven't gone because I'm worried about the hospitals during COVID. I'm like, oh, my God, please go. This is the one thing that we have. We, we like there needs to be more education about how we check ourselves. We have to. But for every good outcome. There's someone who isn't having a good out- outcome. Yeah. And we have to be more vigilant. Did you know when you when you clicked post that it was going to have the impact that it did, because I know I, I scroll down, I read through a lot of the commentary. I could see the impact your words were having on people because I, I felt it, but I felt it because we all we all resonate with things from our own perspective. So I felt it as somebody who's who's been that soldier. But you know, it's because I had a I had a very close friend at a very young age like you who got cancer. OK. And it was uh, and she's fine. She's great. Great. Like she's great. great, great. She's great. Um, but it was found early and it was, my God, was a tra- they had her, this was, they had her treated, they had it out. And they that is the point out. of this. The point is just get in there and get Yeah, checked. don't ignore the signs. I mean, I've been harping on about it for years as well. And I you, think most people who've gone through the cancer experience will bang that drum because it's so important. when you cancer, I was like, what are you talking about? Sheila Shogi has cancer. Sheila Shogi leads a charmed life. <laughs> you know. I know what you mean. I thing. know what you mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. like, look at her. I'm not joking. That's what people thought. Look at her. She's so beautiful. She's fantastic. The surface area stuff. Yeah. And you're like, that's just not, that's, it doesn't yeah. matter what someone looks like. It, that's, that's not the issue here. And I, when you got, again, you were so young. Yeah, yeah. Like so bloody young that it, it, it definitely with me, I was like, Jesus Christ. Like that really brought it into to my attention. But it's, so I, di- I didn't think that. And then afterwards, because everything can be misconstrued. 
I, I did feel a few hours because they asked me to talk about it on the six o'clock show the next day. And I said, yeah, absolutely. If we can get anyone checked, if, if one person goes to see a doctor, I'm happy. But then, you know, we live in this world that I was like, oh, God, now have I taken over a space that I shouldn't have? Have I gotten involved in something that I shouldn't have gotten involved in? That people would be like, oh, fuck her. What's, what's she doing? Mm. And I just went, I don't care if it actually means that one person gets checked. It doesn't matter because I, I do worry about people putting it off during COVID. Yeah. And I also worry about time. COVID bringing things on. Like you're yeah, all the stress, gonna, the stress of it. The stress. And what's it going to do? Because I know people who have gotten cancer during this and I'm not joking. Mm. I think that for, for one person I know in particular, mm. he was always going to get cancer. But I think it could have been two, a year down the line. But he got a bit depressed in COVID, you know, and he was stressed out. Like mm. not himself, not feeling well. Now, of course, it could have been. It was happening anyway, but I do feel that it, it exacerbated the whole situation. Now that's, you know, it's I, I, airy fairy stuff for me. But um, but I, I, this is stressful. And the yeah. second one is even bloody worse because it just feels interminable. Mm. Um, but the hospitals are such safe places. Like they're cleaning. Of course they are. Like yeah. nobody's business. They're yeah. on the go 24 seven. They're cleaning everything. Absolutely. No more you sit down than they ask you to get up to clean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just worry about people because people are so afraid yeah. of, of Corona as they should be. Yeah. But you just, you can't, you have to go to your doctor. You have to, you have to see this. Yeah. Because we've got such high cancer rates in this country. It's insane. Mm. Like we don't have, there's no um, mole mapping here and we've got really high rates of skin cancer. I know all these things take money and breast check is for over 50s and it's great that we've got the HPV vaccine and it's really good that we've got smear tests at an early age, but we've got to have prostate tests at an early age. I know all this is going to take money and it will come down the line. Yeah. I get that. But we need more of these cancer checks. Plans for next year. Are we all, I have already bought my 2021 diary. I am, I am, I'm, I cannot wait to open it and get planning for all the things that won't happen. <laughs> <laughs> but, but 2021 <laughs> what are your hopes and dreams <laughs> that my favourite TV shows will come back no joke younger I know you're back filming um, I haven't thought about it I, I are you live for the moment kind of gal yeah I'm not a planner um, uh, there, there is a hope but you want to get a cat I want to get a cat and I want to get a house so I've realised I can't keep Peter panning Okay. I'm pretending I'm younger than I am and, and that I don't have any responsibilities. I do have responsibilities. Uh, I have to start planning for the future, like getting a pension. Like what's going to happen? How am I going to support myself? I did that for the no first time last year. That's blew my mind. That's imagine that's that. Yeah, but I'm older than you. I'm 41. For thing, sake. Yeah, but I'm so you're grand. It's no, I'm not grand. Uh, yeah, I think. Yeah, a cat. And cat, I house would, with I, the housemate. I would, I think I would like, a, a, it's time to, there's, there is this sort of a, a need within all people to have their own space, mm. isn't there? Mm. And the whole, I've, it's never bothered me, the dead money for rent, but now it is. It's sort of like, oh, for God's sake, like, why am I living in an absolute shithole that's actively trying to make me sick? Like we've got black mold, the, we got the boiler check recently. <laughs> came in. He was like, how are you? He was going to work. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll just be in here doing a bit of work inside. And the, there's a room. Yeah. My, when my parents came to visit the house that we rent, <laughs> my mother was like, where's the rest of it? So there's a room. You come in the front door and you're in the house. Then there's two bedrooms. One bedroom is just store, just crap thrown all over it. The other is our bedroom. Then there's a kitchen and a loo. And they're all, it's just right there, right there in front of you. And my mother's like, where's the rest of it? I was like, this is it. And then she's there a few minutes and you know, they're driven from Limerick. She's like, I need to go to the, I need to go to the, the bathroom. And I said, yeah, it's right there. And she went, no, really, where's the bathroom? 
because it's <laughs> it's basically in the kitchen. She's like, so someone's making a cup of tea there and I'm weeing there. I was like, essentially, yeah, you're just going to have to get over it. I was like, I'll put on the radio. You're fine. Do you need to do a number two? Is this what's happening? Is this what's wrong with you, Mary? She didn't. She's a lady. She'd never do that. And uh, she's never had a shit in her life. And... Um, they, uh, she was like, you, what are you doing? <laughs> and anyway, this we noticed after a few weeks that all the walls go really black, that you have to keep on scraping them down with the mold. And then the, the we've lived here for years, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> and then the boiler man arrived. And he went, right. So the house is kind of a bit of a death trap. I was like, what? And he just went, your one vent in your house is beside where your boiler is. So if carbon monoxide starts leaking, it's going to come directly back in your vent and, and poison you. And you're, you, you're, you're going to die if it's in the middle of the night. I was like, that's nice. He went, yeah, maybe, maybe. I was like, I don't, I'm a renter. He just went, yeah, maybe talk to someone about that. There should be a few other things. So kind of should probably do something about that. Was Not live in a house that's actively trying to kill me. Did you have a chat with the landlord, landlady? No. No. No, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I'll be out of the place. They're really nice. They don't bother us. We don't bother them. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, fine. Yeah, we yeah, like yeah, our yeah, neighbours. Yeah, yeah. Like that's, that's a big thing. Like we really like our neighbours. Yeah. Um, especially during lockdown, the first one when you could go outside and we were sitting outside and a lot of the neighbours would like sit down oh, and have chats and yeah. people would be walking dogs and they'd stop. Like that was lovely. Yeah. But ready to, ready to go. So the dream is trying to get a dream is trying to get into debt crippling debt for the rest of my life. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it <laughs> and to do a documentary on my mother never fl- having a shite do you call your mom Mary yes uh, Mary and Brendan Mary and Brendan because my mother was um, so I was an, uh, very much an accident are you were you told you were an accident it was Christmas dinner I was five years old and <laughs> my brother Brian said um Shut up accident when I was like <laughs> trying to get a potato or something or ask for anything. Shut up accident. And everyone started laughing. Everyone. Like they were all in on the joke. Oh, no, they were so. Oh, my gosh. Like my sister, my eldest sister, she's 13 years older than me. Nia. She was like, ha. I was like, what is going on? And my mother just went, stop it now. Stop it. Between her and after. She wasn't an accident. She was a lovely mistake. Oh, <laughs> mistake. And then as I get older, I find out that when when Mary found out she was pregnant that she told Brendan and Brendan cried and she was like I hadn't seen him cry before (laughs) (laughs) he was like but we were done Mary we were done we were like oh my god we're done so then I came along and at this stage they were like oh whatever like throwing a baby and they had (laughs) they had inbuilt babysitters like my sister was 13 yeah 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 they were like mum said I think it was two weeks after she had me she was like I went back out playing bridging cards it's grand Mia was there (laughs) fine I was was breastfeeding you you mad Jesus (laughs) Christ I'd done that with three others you're fine Uh, so there was a lot of that and then Mam, she did fair play to her. Not fair play to her. I've always felt quite guilty about this. She, they were both shift workers. So mom was a nurse. Mary's a nurse, and, and Brendan's a guard. Yeah, like you're, you know yourself. We didn't even go there. That was one of the things I was. Anyway, yeah. But we like. So for those listening, so my dad was a guard as well. He was, a, he was a guard. So well. there's a lot of parallels. There's all this stuff. But they, yeah. f- during the three kids, mm. they'd done shift work. Mm. Do you know the whole yeah, way through? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And by shift work, I mean, Brenda came home and went to sleep and Mary came home and she stayed up and minded the kids, got an hour of sleep and then went back to work again, as it always was. Mm. And um, and then when I came along, you know, she was older and she was like, I just so she gave up nursing and she became a childminder. So mm. I didn't know my parents were called mum and dad until I was about six, I'd say. 
because I just knew them because there were so many kids around the place. It was always Mary and Brendan. And when ah, my sisters right. and brother would call them mum and dad, I'd be like, who are they talking about? So from my earliest age, That's as far as long as I can remember, it was always Mary and Brendan. And I remember my dad trying to train me to call him dad. I'd be like, who is he talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Who's this dad? I'd be like, that's Brian's got someone called dad. I don't know who this fella is. He's Brendan. So, yeah, they've always been marrying Brendan. And he really did try. He was like, it's actually disrespectful. Can you just please call me dad? I was like, well, your name's Brendan. Stop it. <laughs> so, yeah, there was that, you know, Aww. big star- superintendents to be calling around to the house. I'd be like, Brent, someone's at the door. <laughs> They're like, how is he meant to control criminals if he can't control his four-year-old child? It's not a good look. Oh, you're an absolute tonic. I I have no idea the time. It feels like no, we've been I. chatting for either five minutes or five hours, but it's been amazing. And I know there's so much more I could have chatted to you about and I want to continue the conversation separate to the mics. I, I just want to go out and... Drink wine. I want to go and drink wine. Oh God, just, I want to drink wine. Yeah. We've said it for ages that we have to do that one of the nights. Wouldn't that be lovely? I, 2025? 2021. <laughs> 2021. Can we say that that's a plan? I'll put that in my sparkling new diary because there'll be a lot of availability. Yeah. <laughs> Crippling debt. Yeah. Meet Sheila for wine. As you can tell, I loved this chat. And if you want to hear more from Widen, check out her new podcast with Joanne McNally, Let's Solve Nothing. This episode of Ready to Be Real Conversations was brought to you in partnership with Revive Active, your daily super supplement made here in Ireland. 